welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa News of PapaNews.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Angela Marie Horner of AngelaMarieHorner.com in Santa Rosa, California, bringing us today's topic on teaching hoodoo to the next generation. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address ameliorate and remediate your questions and problems about love money career and spiritual protection using traditional african-american folk magic practices of hoodoo conjure or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time you can learn a lot just by listening but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the lucky mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with your co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Cat, wow, I made it. Did <laughs> <laughs> y'all don't know that was a struggle? Um, actually, I was having too good a time down in the shop, so I'm happy to be here on the show. But we had some uh, great uh, walk-in customers from Southern California. And a woman among them named Leah, who just asked a million questions about every amulet that we had, and so did her friends, whose names I did not catch. They were filling up trays with with uh, crystal balls and amulets. But you know, you can't stop me once you ask me a question about amulets. I'm just going to go on to the next amulet, and the next amulet, and and uh, the next one. And so it was a lot of fun, and um, I hope to see them again. That was a. It's nice to be wanted by. Um, people and that your knowledge is of value to people instead of just a you know sitting on a shelf inside your brain Ah. so (laughs) well i sometimes think about you know all those neurons i don't know it's like all those neurons what does it mean filled with stuff information all neurons all groomed to lie down kind of you know like neatly like like you might brush all the grain on velvet in one direction, and that's your brain. Mm. <laughs> I haven't thought but of it you that think, way. You never thought of it that way? Well, you know, you don't want your brain all scrambled up like, you know, velvet that got all <laughs> finger marks all over it. So, yeah, well, so once you start with amulets, you just got to keep on brushing till you reach the end of the amulet cloth, and then you say, I still have about five more hours of amulets I could talk about, but i got to go. <laughs> so here I am. Ah, okay. Well, we're having a lovely time at the shop, as I explained, and um, I am happy to be here. We're having, I guess you could call it unseasonably warm fall weather. Oh, yes. (laughs) Just for the record. In fact, we're under a fire alert, although no fires, but Mm -hmm. um, they have us under a fire hazard alert because it's so dry, so warm, and slightly windy, and... um, I want to uh, thank everybody who uh, helped out last week. We were not here, Nagashiva and I. Um, We went to a fabulous train club event and had a great time. And so thank you, Conjurman Ali 
and um, and everybody else at Papa Newt for for yes. handling uh, the show. And um, I love being on the show, but I like taking my day off every once in a while. So, Papa Newt yeah. was fantastic because he was uh, both the announcer and <laughs> a guest. Guest host, yeah, so he, right. He stepped right. in with but wearing two different hats. That's wonderful, and thank you so much, Papa Newt. I I can't think of anybody else who could do that, being both the announcer and the guest. <laughs> you're you're something else, man. Well, let me say um, hello to you, Contrabanali. Tell me what's new in your warm world. And warm is definitely the right word for it. It is so unseasonably warm. When Kat says unseasonably warm, let's 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 be clear. We're talking about like eighty plus degree weather in fall. So, so my friends have all been, uh, you know, sending me photos of beautiful fall weather they're enjoying at the rest, rest parts of the country. And I'm sitting here going, I've got 80 degree weather and I cannot wait for it to get cooler because I, I wear quite warm clothing. I wear blazers and cardigans and sweaters. So it's it's been very unseasonably warm. Um, but it has also been an interesting kind of a uh, uh, period for, for root work and readings, doing lots of life readings for clients, uh, still in the kind of, um, I would say, the, the trend of love and reconciliation work, lots of return to me work that I've been doing. But one really interesting uh, case, and I'm just going to signal this without naming any names, uh, but we, I was doing some work for uh, a client, and it was return to me work and reconciliation work where a for a particular individual who had disappeared from her life for a few months, six months or so, ghosted is the term to to clarify, just completely dropped out. Mm-hmm. So we're doing this work, doing you know, working working my working the goods over at the altars, uh, shaking jars, lighting candles, all sorts of things. About three weeks in, and. I haven't heard from the client, you know, for three weeks. I, and I'm going, this is kind of unusual. By this time, we usually have signs or some type of movement. Usually someone will uh, email me, oh, I had a dream, or oh, so-and-so called. Uh, I let it go for a little while. I emailed them. I didn't hear back. Um, and I just, you know, kept doing my thing. 30 days came about. That's what I was contracted to do, 30 days of work. You know, sent in a report and photos, and I heard back you know, a week later, just on Friday, uh, going, oh, you know, uh, he called me several times, uh, but I decided I didn't want to pick up. Uh, what can we do <laughs> to keep him calling? Oh, and what, what, honey? I'm, hit, I'm sitting here shooting in the dark for for a month now. <laughs> and you uh, get it, you're literally, the spirit has come through, God has come through, you, you know, guys calling you back after ghosting you for so long. And and this is what you did. So this was this is just a call out to all the wonderful people listening. You are lovely clients, but please one, keep your root workers in the loop. And two, don't don't get you know, don't let your pride get in the way of your success. Don't let that get in the way. Just a you know, public I, service I, I announcement. Gotta... I got to say something, Ali, because I have a theory about this. You just try yeah. the theory on. It may not work in your situation. My theory is that they will pay and hire for 300 to $400 simply to have a witness. Mm. That oh, you, yeah, interesting. You know what I'm saying? You're going to do the work, and you're going to bring that person back, and then they're going to refuse the call, and uh. they just wanted you to know 
that they could, that they refused the call. They refused. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, you're the witness. So ah. I don't because I used to get all upset. Well, what are you doing? Go, I'm gonna give your money back. You don't. You got to do better next time. We can try it again. I go, no, I witnessed it. I said, you know, you really told them. End of story. Yeah. But I get my three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, it, it, is it a pride thing? You think like I want that person to call be, me back? It could be. It can be pride. It yeah. It can be pride, and it can be an inability to. Um, not let go of anger, you know. Yeah, um, that's true. But the, you know, but the client, the client who hires you and and does not follow through when they get what they want, um, it's just it's yeah. a style. We know it. We've known them for yeah, years yeah. and years and years. Yeah. All right. Well, today, uh, and you know something, when we talk like this, this is kind of going right to our subject. We talk about our stuff with clients, and we're not trying to make fun of our clients. Um, not at all. In fact, we're trying to educate them and get them to, um, uh, you know, it, it to get them to understand that they can do better, you know. But um, we don't complain about them, and you know, as specific people. It's just mm-hmm. that after a while, you go, "How come there's so many that do that?" You know. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that we do when we talk about this among ourselves is we are trying to educate people to be better clients. Yeah. We're also educating some listeners how to be better root workers. Because mm-hmm. I've known young root workers, especially when a situation like what you just described happened, mm-hmm. uh, that young root worker gets so angry, and they go on mm-hmm. Facebook, I hate my clients. You know, No, no, mm-hmm. no, honey. Mm-hmm. you got to learn also what your role is as yep. the spiritual counselor. And yeah, so, our job is to give them the tools of success, right, or give, make them converse in understanding of these kind of dynamics. Yeah, yeah. So so part of that is part of what we do, being the kind of workers that we are, we are not so um, much mystifiers. We're not one of those, mm-hmm. you know, follow me, I'm, I see all, I know all, you must do what I say. Um, but... We are also trying to educate those people who are in the live chat room with us, and I want to give them a shout-out. Cousin Joshua is there. And um, so, hi, Cousin Joshua, and Sterling Winter, and Anna Gabriella, so, and and Angela L. Um, and so, you know, and guest number 291. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and Ms. Michael just shot. jumped in. Hi, Miss Michael, and uh, Moon Age Daydream. So, uh, folks who join us in the chat room, they're picking up tips and often giving tips. People like Miss Michael and and uh, Papa Newt and all members of Air, they they can give tips. But a lot of people listen to this show to learn how to be a better root worker, and some people listen for how to be a better client. So, um, oh. Nagashiva says guest number 291 is probably the Lucky Mojo Curie Company shop. Hi, guest mm. 291. Hi, Nikki. <laughs> hi, Jenna. <laughs> hi, Rowena. And hi, all you ladies from Los Angeles. Um, so they're listening live in the shop. Um, so this topic, and I'm going to bring in Angela, um, is uh, a topic that is fascinating to me, and, and Angela knows why, but I'm going to spill the beans. Remember I just said, hi, Rowena. 
Rowena, who is working in the shop and who has uh, taken my course and has started in through the apprenticeships, and she's now uh, knows how to make bath crystals and sachet powders and jackballs, and will continue until she finishes the apprenticeship. Rowena is Angela Marie Horner's daughter, and mm. um, and uh, so there is a, an instance of someone passing on who do not just as something strange that Grandma did, but here's a way to actually be a root worker and have raise a child who is a root worker. Also in our shop, but not today, we have another mother-daughter um, pair, and that is uh, Nicole and her daughter Althea. They both work for us. And also in the shop, we have another mother-daughter, Leslie, and her daughter, Bailey, who's a contractor, doesn't work uh, in the shop full-time, but is a contractor and bags herbs for us off the site. So, obviously, there's a lot of people here who consider this is a good way of life. It's a good career. It's a good way to work. And there's more to it than just, um, you know, sort of striking out. You know, I hear all these clients and, and, and these young students. I had to, you know, completely divorce myself from my family because they didn't believe in any of this. No, mm. no. In many families, this is passed along. This is yeah. part of the family mm. knowledge. So without any more, then I'm going to bring on Angela because we're going to talk today about passing hoodoo on to the next generation. So welcome to the show, Angela Marie. Uh-oh, oh, I, that was her, uh-oh, it says I made her phone call live. I Mm-mm. did. She uh-huh. might be on self-mute, perhaps. Are you muted, Angela? No. All right, well, I'm going to have to just, I'm going to have to go on without her. Well, I don't see her listed here in the, um... In the chat. Oh, <laughs> Miss Michael is writing, press one, Angela. Press one. Andy, she's in the queue. I can see her here. She's in the queue. Press one, Angela. I don't think back. we're getting her. Okay, call back, Angela. We'll try again. Well, then I'm just going to vamp and talk a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to bring in Contraband Ali, who has no children, as far as I know. Um, as far as I'm aware you. as well. <laughs> uh, thank you, Miss Michael. So, Miss Michael is going, or she may be muted on her own phone. I know. Well, we'll get her. We'll try to get her here. Um, so the, here's the thing that I am asked often. What is a good way to introduce a young child to spiritual work? How do you get um, a kid to not end up blurbing things out in school and getting mocked and ridiculed and yet have respect for what you're doing. It's a fine Mm. line. I know people, I know mothers who have told me, I just don't talk about this in front of my child until she's out of of high school because I don't want her to be, um, you know, made fun of. But on the other hand, that means the child didn't really get a good grounding in botany or or mineralogy or any of the other things that she should have or he should have gotten. Um, I have had uh, people tell me, well, I don't want to impose my beliefs on the child. Well, that just means the child's going to pick up television culture instead of your beliefs. And really, are you backing out and saying my child should grow up um, believing that everything on television is is right and what the family says is wrong, that's not good for the child. Um, 
you know, that's that's not right either. So we do have a responsibility to our children to keep them, you know, from being ridiculed for our beliefs. One of the reasons we all hang out in communities is so that they can see, you know, it's not it's not just that, you know, mama has a, a few candles in the in the living room. It, it there's more going on. There's other people who do this stuff. Now there is a certain amount of privacy involved in all of this work. And there are people who say you should not um introduce very young children to this work. And but then the question is how young? And um I'm going to tell you all something that I know from my work as a teacher. So um when I teach, uh, I teach a course in a correspondence course in Hoodoo. And um, I ask questions about people's lives. This is called homework number three. And in homework number three, I ask people, um, when did you uh, become involved in magical work? And was there anyone else in your family who was? And I call it the homework um, that no one can fail. And um, because all you have to do is, um, you know, answer it. There's no, there's no, um, mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong for homework number three. Well, I have been tracking this since uh, 2003. I've had 2,160 some students, and it's very interesting. They fall into different groups. I would say most of the females um, began to show that they had some gift for reading, for scrying, for Mm -hmm. making magical things before first grade. Mm -hmm. But um, the age of five and six come up often, particularly those who become professional root workers usually ages of five and six. There are others who who may not have become interested until puberty. Now I'm speaking only of females here. Mm-hmm. And if they if they had an interest in magic that corresponded to or correlated to puberty and their first sexual interests, they also will make good root workers. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are less likely to become professional root workers, sometimes, but not always. If they tell me, and again, I'm only speaking of females now, if they tell me in that homework number three, I don't know, I had a problem and I'm 31 years old and I thought maybe I should study magic and now they're 33, they usually won't be a professional reader or a root worker. They might. They very mm-hmm. unlikely might. Now, with men, the time scale is off a little bit. Most yeah. men miss that early bloom and only pick up at puberty. Yeah. They may have maybe, you know, 9 to 12, but you very rarely, I very rarely have a male student who says, I began, you know, mixing up spices and drawing sand paintings when I was 5. Or I began to pick flowers and I and I mm-hmm. um, made a wish on each flower. Just and this is what I call self-taught primitive magic. 
And Mm -hmm. they would say, oh, I was just playing with it. But if they had a mother or father who said to them, well, honey, these flowers are pink, and pink has this meaning, and this is, you know, they would be way ahead, and they would be Mm. um, able to start actually doing spell work by the time they were in their early teens. The ones who start before puberty or at puberty, usually by the end of high school, are already casting spells for their friends. Mm -hmm. And they are identified by their friends as little witches in training. Mm -hmm. And this is so um, obvious, you know, um, that it it stands out with what I'm trying to say. Now, when Mm -hmm. I have a man who is a student of mine and says... And the question is, when did you cast your first spell? And their answer is, I don't believe I've ever cast one. And I ask, mm. why are you taking my course? Mm. Oh, I was just interested. Mm, intellectual well, curiosity of some sort. Yeah, yeah. They were just interested. And there's no reason mm. not to be interested, but I don't consider those people to be the ones that I need to produce that mm. giant information download for and get all of the little fibers laying down straight for right. because they're not going to do anything with it. There is, it's interesting, you know, but that's, you know. Um, mm-hmm. There are a few women who says, I've never cast a spell and yet take my course. and pay money to take my course and say, I've never cast a spell mm-hmm. yet. I was hoping to learn how from your course. I'm like, huh, okay. It's also um, interesting to note that among women, casting spells or playing with magic of some sort is also a socialized experience, right? The sleepover with the Ouija board or the sleepover yes, casting yes. a love spell on your, on your you know, uh, crush in middle school. It's a very socialized experience as well. That's right. And that's why, um, uh, you know, TV shows um, of females experimenting with magic mm-hmm. are so popular and have been. I mean... Um, the idea of, of the female witch in the household. I'm not talking about spooky horror. I'm talking about humorous and fun things, mm-hmm. you know, Bewitched, I Dream of Genie, and mm-hmm. even things that have a more of a dramatic, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's yeah, the witch, charmed. The, you know, Willow, the witch girl. These kinds of um, um, things are part of our culture, even our television culture. Um, the socialization of magic in the female. Now, I'm going to bring in another thing, and this is gay men. Mm. Gay men act more like females in terms of when they become interested in magic. And they often learn magic from their female relatives. And I cannot begin to say... I don't know the statistics of how many gay men there are actually in the United States. But I could say that you could take that percentage and multiply it by four or six, and that would be the number, the percentage of gay men who take my course. Mm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's some Higher percentage of gay men participating in magic. Right. My course has uh, there are there are heterosexual men who take my course, no doubt about it. 
But mm-hmm. when I go out into the street and I can count, you know, I've got pretty good gay door, I can count how many gay men are out there, versus how many gay men have taken my course out of the 2,160, mm-hmm. it's at least six times more, maybe ten times more. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. So, again, there's an inclination, and, again, the, that age difference between the young female and yeah. the older male first experience with spellcasting, it's wiped out. The gay men experience magic much younger. And I think saying, this also, yeah, this also speaks, I think, to some of the why people seek out magic, right? Magic is often the power of the marginalized, um, or at least folk magic in particular, right? The people who are uh, feel alienated, who feel powerless, who feel disenfranchised, who are often empowered by practicing magic, uh, who feel empowered by reaching out. I mean, even hoodoo itself comes very much from a tradition of um, African-Americans fighting against systemic oppression, uh, systemic inequality, you know, not being able to get the job because your name sounds a certain way, uh, and then using root work to make sure you do get the job to overcome it. I mean, there's a whole, I mean, the fact that there's a whole brand of hoodoo called court case magic should tell you about the type of experience <laughs> of the people who is, right? People who are powerful right. don't need court case magic. They don't right. need it, right? right. Society's already favored towards them. So in some ways, I wonder if, if, if the proportion of gay men that you see is reflective of also because gay men like women experience a particular marginalization of sorts. It, it, yeah, but, you know, you could go through it all about sociology and marginalization, but I'm looking at the chat room right now. Right now I'm looking at the chat room. I don't know everybody's gender, but and I know two of them are Papa Newt. I have Newt and Papa Newt. But check it out. Look who's in. Look, I'm sorry, Ollie. You're kind of alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, and, see, and, and, and they're talking in the chat. i gotta, I got to explain this. In the chat room, Papa G goes, we're high in numbers around here. There's Papa Newt. I'm a gay man, <laughs> right? And there's uh, Cousin Joshua, right? It's like, yeah. hi, guys. Uh, <laughs> so I just yeah. proved my own point. And, you know, you're absolutely it, right. I think you are. <laughs> Ain't it true? Now, but and, here's the here's the wonderful yeah. um, cousin Joshua. I just gotta say this. Cousin Joshua just posted in the chat room. It's like she's reading my magical timeline out loud. <laughs> I didn't have anyone teaching me magic, but did learn some psalms, Bible work, and laying out of hands from my family. But it was not taught as magic, only yeah. as specific prayers and applied Christianity. Yes. And Papa G just said, and we're, let's not forget Papa Ames, uh, Professor Ames also. Now, of course, <laughs> there you know, for every Professor Ames, there's an Irish. Ironwood, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, um, but you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, um, there no, is a... <laughs> just to, just just to jump in because I think you're absolutely right here. And as as the kind of token straight male in this conversation, um, I would say that my experience was atypical in that regards. Right, I had an interest in magic quite early on, but that's because I had formalized training from my family. And those are my parents that taught me, but I had a formal instructors of magic, uh, including my grandfather, my grandmother, and then outside people. So geomancy was taught to me by a Ghanan man, uh, uh, you know, who I learned from for almost a decade. But that was atypical. None of my friends in, in my community uh, straight guys were interested in magic in any way, shape, or form. And it was very often seen associated with the witch, the female figure, not associated yeah. with the mage or the sorcerer or the male figure. So I was, you're, you're absolutely right about this. My experience was atypical. But my mm-hmm. friends who were gay all went through a stint, even if they don't practice magic now, all went through a stint flirting with Wicca. Almost all yeah. of them. 
I'd say like 99%. Yeah. Well, see, now we talk about, so how do we educate the next generation? What do we do? Yeah. I know I I had a little daughter, so I know what I you know, take her out, teach her about the flowers, teach her about symbolism. This is a rock. These rocks are this color, this shape, this, you know, crystal. Look at the form. Look at the, you know. So basically I started by teaching my child the doctrine of signatures to use the, you know, anthropological or sociological term for it. I didn't, you know, call it that to her. But the idea was that, um, you know, to show her that there are that there's symbolism, that dreams mm-hmm. have meaning, that you can write poems, that in the poems you can mention colors, shapes, forms, animals, and stuff, and the poem will convey a meaning on another level. So the very first mm-hmm. thing I taught her was that there simply is another level. And I didn't mm-hmm. name it to her. I didn't say this is the level mm-hmm. of symbolism or this is the level of magic, but she picked it up really quick. And, yeah. um, you know, of course... Here's the the problem in school. Then all of a sudden, your mother's a witch. Oh well, you know, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you might as well say, you know, your mother's your mother's a Muslim, your mother's a Jew, your mother's mm-hmm. black. They're going to pick on some reason they don't like you because they don't like your mother, right? So, um, but she got, she was okay with it. She she dealt with it. There is a an issue that comes up in the Lucky Mojo forum, and this is about sexual spells. Mm. And particularly the use of menstrual blood and um, oh, and semen and other things like that, and the um, use of sex magic to bind people magically. It's yeah. very hard for me to talk about these things in the forum, and yet keep the forum kind of PG thirteen. Um, I have mm-hmm. to continually edit out posts that go into erotica. Because I'm not here to teach people erotic. I'm here to teach people hoodoo. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the use of sexual um, personal concerns is certainly part of this. And I take my cue as to when did I learn this from my grandmother? Well, it was when I got my period, right? Mm-hmm. So there is that little idea that maybe you shouldn't teach the very youngest children sex magic. Um, it's probably inappropriate until they are sexually active or mature or have at least passed puberty. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. As a mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as a mom. Um, on the other hand, I was never a prude with my daughter, and I always, right. you know, I would say things to her like, and do you know why the Latin name of all of the members of the Mint family is lips? And she goes, no. And I said, well, you have two lips on your body. Which lips does this pea flower look like? (laughs) Which Mm. lips does this wisteria flower look like? And she Mm -hmm. went, oh. So somebody, Carlos Linnaeus, was so entranced (laughs) with, with ladies' Labii that he decided to name this entire family of plants after ladies' pussies. Mm. So, you know, and those things you should be able to tell people without saying to them anything, mm-hmm. you know, hinky or telling them, and by the way, you're going to smear this stuff on their nose. You, know, mm-hmm. you just don't go there. Mm-hmm. But um, but it is important to teach anatomy to a child, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and what's particularly fascinating here is, again, my experience was kind of atypical here. 
I would argue that the the kind of approach to teaching this is to for our young age to teach it as a set of family traditions, right? When you teach it as a family tradition, as just the stuff you do for the holidays, for whatever, you're teaching them kind of uh, basic folklore. Mm-hmm. These can be passed down in stories. This goes really well with, uh, well, we, you know, we cook this type of food on this type of day. Um, and that also lets you know how interested they are. Are they interested in the deeper understanding of these things? And if so, then I think the teen years post-puberty um, all could be dedicated at actually teaching the sort of magical aspect of this stuff. But from early on, I don't see any real reason why people shouldn't pass on family traditions and why they shouldn't pass on knowledge in the form of folklore. That's how this stuff is preserved. It's how it continues to exist. And it gives them uh, a sense of self and identity, a place that they understand where they're placed in this sort of world. So I'm a big believer of start early. Teach people with stories. Teach people in tradition formats. It's fun. It's exciting when they, they burn onion skins together as a family, right? Like that that's a good thing to do. There's nothing harmful in that. And that also gives you an opportunity to see if this is, if this is a child who is interested in magic or not. If they want to know further, then ex- let them expand. And if they don't want to know, then you know, <laughs> you know you're not going to be teaching this person how to light candles when they're 16 years old. Yeah. That's a very that's a very important point is seasonal celebrations help yeah. but you need to also be um you know I I could tell you a number of people women who've told me I thought my daddy didn't like me cuz he said don't come in the door at new years and they, and the, but the man wouldn't say why that he was oh, in, yeah. you know uh, that a, that a tall man tall dark man should come in first and mm-hmm. so those kinds of things a child may take wrong but when they find yeah. out of course it's it's always nice you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but um you know for me um there's a uh, there is a lot uh, cooking with magical foods is a very good way mm-hmm. to teach mm-hmm. children Absolutely. very very good way and um another good way that, that I would say the uh dealing with uh, dreams and nightmares this mm-hmm. is a really good way of uh, also empowering young children. This is what you. This is the prayer you say when you have a nightmare. This is what you do when you see something scary. Um, helps mm-hmm. to kind of arm the child. Helps the child feel like they're they're powerful, um, and helps them uh, kind of introduces them to this uh, family of traditions. Oh, well, this is what we do when we have nightmares. Oh, well, this is what we do when we have a cold. But you start with mm-hmm. dreams and nightmares, right? And this is something that I saw. Uh, in my family, that even those that weren't trained like I was in spiritual tradition, ways to become a professional, um, they were taught how to do things like, if you have a night terror, this is what you recite. If you have a nightmare, this is what you do. So almost everyone in my family knows how to open up uh, a holy scripture or knows how to put water under a bed. All these kind of small little things to deal with dreams, even if they don't actively think of it as magic or sorcery or whatnot. They know that it's a folk tradition that our family does to deal with uh, sleep. So a component of kind of self-protection and self-care is a really good entryway for for young children. Yeah, yeah. That's a, you know, it's, I find it important um, to maintain 
I guess you might call the the seasonal, the religious ceremonies. You could say in a way, does that what does that have to do with hoodoo? But I can say that there are things that are yeah. part of family culture that make a person understand, you know, things like cleaning the cemetery. Um, mm-hmm. uh, not just, you know, the sort of the witchy turn of the seasons, but the things that are just sort of general American things, cleaning the cemetery, introducing the children to the ancestors, mm-hmm. um, showing the children the photos of the ancestors. Um, these are things that um, don't always happen, and when they don't mm-hmm. happen, you end up with a person with a broken family tradition, and when the family tradition is broken, that person ends up kind of wandering around, not knowing where they're going mm-hmm. to get their magic from. You know? That's a really good point, yeah. But also, you know, you, there are simple things you can teach a child. When I was um, uh, a young mother, there was a, people had found that this group of Mexicans made these things called God's Eyes, which were just a, you know, mm-hmm. a pattern of winding yarn around a cross. And it was an old, um, it was called God's Eye, and it was an old magical um, amulet, I guess you could say, of these Mexican Indians. It became radically popular among hippies, and everyone made God's mm-hmm. eyes, and we made little tassels on the end of it. All the children made God's eyes. Um, but, you know, you tell them what it's that this what they're for and where they're from. You tell them what the magic is of that God's mm-hmm. eye. You can do the same, you know, simple things. Wish upon a star. Um, tell the child what that you know, that's what we do in our family. Mm-hmm. Pass along Poor what you man. know. Yeah. Rain, Alrighty, rain, go well, away. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very sorry, our guest, Angela Marie, um, uh, we could not uh, hear her. We, we did not find her. And so we're going to go on to our next um, section, which is to read for a client. We're going to bring on Papa Newt to introduce that client. Mm-hmm. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now, 2818-394-8535, and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Papa Newt, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is calling from area code 239 in Florida. This is Curious. Curious, are you there? Uh, uh, yes, hi, sorry. But I have seen that you have had readings with Ms. before in the past um, on different situations and also about this recent situation that we're going to be discussing today. Yes. Uh oh. I'm having trouble oh. hearing Papa Newt. Oh, um, yes. yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, uh, let's see if we yeah, just see if we can uh, shake your phone and make it better. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me shake it here. All right. So, uh, Nancy Wright uh, was seeing someone and had some vigil lights lit with uh, with the church, which all got uh, positive readings. Most recent candles said there was uh, there there is uh, distractions from the past. Want to know how long it will last, and if he and I will reunite since he uh, started pulling away from me. Turn it back to you, Miss Cat. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me here. So, I, I know you, curious. You're a curious little thing in the forum, right? Yes, ma'am. Hi. Nice to make your nice to hear your voice after all this. I certainly remember you. Um. I'm going to ask what candles you had lit in the church. Well, do you know the names? Just you don't have to tell me all of them, but the names of what those candles were. Um, there was "Come to Me," and just recently you uh you told me I should do a heal candle for some issues he was going through, so I did a healing candle for him, and then I lit a second one for the missionaries. Um, they thought that I should light a second one if I wanted, so I did. Um, and you helped me with the petition for that, and I just got a um, kind of report back, and it said that the spirits are enlisted in helping me. Um, but okay, but so so that, but they were they were love candles generally, and there was some healing yeah. as well. That's what I was curious is whether it was just you know hot sex candles or was there healing or oh no, no 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 I'm sorry. <clears throat> Okay, and what sign of the zodiac are you? I'm a Gemini. A Gemini, and what sign of the zodiac is he? A Taurus. I know we're a not tour. a very good love match. What the hell? Hmm. <clears throat> okay. okay. No, that was not a. He's saying you guys aren't a good love match, but that he's wandering and he's a Taurus is a bizarre bit. <clears throat> That's a very unusual Taurus. But yeah. there are. Um, um, uh, you know, there are Tauruses who have things leaking, we call it leaking over, that's the astrological technical term, <laughs> leaking over into uh, uh, Taurus and, and Gemini. They're both, they're on the border with each other and they tend to leak one over into the other. <clears throat> Alrighty. So the question is, how long will this last, the distraction from the past, and will we reunite since he started pulling away from you? I guess I have another question before I read, and that is, how long were you together? Uh, two and a half months. Okay, two and a half months together, uh, and um, how long ha- apart? Um, it's been a couple of weeks. Okay. It's just been casual dating, not official dating. Not like mm. an official relationship. Okay, two and a half months together, uh, not official dating. I love that term. <clears throat> you know, I'd love to be the well, office this... of dating. You know, where you charge the little fee. That will be two dollars for every date, and then you can have your official dating. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be a dating officer, Conjurer Ali? You know, just oh yeah. You see people hugging up against each other, and you say, yeah. "I'd like to see your dating license." <clears throat> Though in today's society, we won't be making much money as uh, official dating officers. 
<laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make fun of you, honey, but it's just a funny phrase. It's officially, okay. we're not, and you're not the only one who says it. Everybody says, we're not officially dating. Mm. I wonder what executive order would be in charge of official dating. Okay. I'm going to put down three cards. First card is a good card, it's a card of temperance. And this shows an angel. The two of you actually are connected. And although <clears throat> I was sort of um, dismal about this, oh, my gosh, two and a half months together, two weeks apart, and not mm-hmm. officially dating, this card actually says there is a connection between you that has some validity. The uh, angel of temperance is pouring water from one cup to another. and um, But it's the card is called the interrupted journey, the path that is broken. It, you're on like a little... A little trail, and then a, a stream of water has to be crossed, and there's no bridge. So there is a separation because of that on this path. Um, there are Queen Elizabeth root or iris flowers, um, another notably female genital flower I didn't mention earlier, um, uh, off to the right. And this would say you need to build up your strength as a queen, uh, your strength as a as a uh, leader here. The path can pick up again. It is not mm-hmm. a foregone conclusion that it will not pick up. So it's it's a good card. Um, I would recommend to you that you do things to increase your own uh, nature and strength. Queen Elizabeth Root is your friend. Um, iris scented fragrances and such would be of good use to you. Um, the next card does kind of go to the idea that there is something about his past. And this card is called the King of Wands. <clears throat> and it's a man who is a king. That would be the, the, the boyfriend here, unofficial. And he is looking to the left. He's looking to the past. And he's he's a fairly weak king. We call him the weakest king in the deck. And um, he has some something about the past that he's looking at. There's something there. Now, your question was, how long? But I'm almost feeling this may be um, endemic to him. Part of his nature is that he is looking back. And it doesn't look terribly hopeful at the present time. There may come a time when you will reunite with him, but I'm not seeing it very soon with this card in in the middle. And especially... Because the third card is the Page of Wands. And that would be a person, a young woman, turning away from this King of Wands and walking away in the other direction, meeting her future. So I think what I'm saying here is that this guy may have a... There's something, whether it's... You know, when when we say a distraction from the past, the immediate thing everyone goes to, oh, his old girlfriend. It may not be that. It may be a family matter. It may be a health matter. It may be a matter that's legal. It may be a matter that has to do with uh, school or job. There's something from his past that is absolutely catching his attention. And you may be advised to move forward and you know catch him on the flip-flop. You'll never be actually disconnected from this guy. That is not to say you should pine and long for him for the rest of your natural days, but there is some seriously strong, God-put-together connection between the two of you. So that's my <clears throat> reading on it. Um, now, the next reading would be mm, Angela. Angela is live. 
Are you there, Angela? Yeah, can you hear me at all? Oh, yes, wonderful. we can. I'm glad you're here. I've been having an argument with my phone, and it wasn't working, and I ran out of the house to try to go get the T-Mobile guys to fix it. And uh, uh, Okay, so now I'm sitting in my car, and I'm realizing I don't think I have no, there they are. Okay. <laughs> oh, your card. <laughs> yeah, I didn't cards? think I had my cards on me, and I, I oh. think I do. Well, good. All cards right. in the car. All right. So you you heard the whole thing about this uh, young woman's situation, right? No, I heard the end of your reading. All right. Well, I'll I'll catch you up. Uh, she's been uh, dating a man, but not officially, for um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means. Uh, for for uh, uh, two and a half months, but in two weeks, he somehow has dropped off in the last two weeks. She had some candles burned at MISC, and Reverend Ernest gave her some good reports saying that there was um, mm-hmm. some hope, but that there were distractions She, from the past, from his past. And um, and she had a come to me, I think it was, and a, and a healing candle. She wants him to heal from whatever is wrong. But there's something wrong. And my reading was temperance. They really do have a connection, but it's been broken. But she should work with Queen Elizabeth Root. King of Wands, he is looking to the past. He's very obsessed with something in the past. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a girlfriend. And it could be just anything from the past here. It could be health. It could be job. It could be something in the family. And then the third card, Page of Wands, is her. It's the young woman moving forward and back to back. They're they're moving apart from one another. But I said even no matter how far she goes or how far away, the two of them still have this connection and they will know each other in later months, years to to come. That was my reading. So go ahead. Now yours. Okay. The first card I find is the family card. And the family card means some sort of family connection, some sort of family something going on. Uh, The second card is the illusions. Things are not as they seem. And the third card is the necromancer, self-destructive behaviors. So Hmm. with with those cards, what I see is there may be a, a wife, that she didn't know about or an ex-wife that is still very much in the picture and causing trouble. Uh, the family card could mean that he has children with this other woman. And if you have children with a spouse, no matter if you get divorced and move to separate parts of the country, you will always be there. That, that, that spouse will always be there because of kids. Uh, the illusion of saying things are not as they seem, so they've broken up. But in some way, in some reason, there's things are not as they seem. Things, he's not he's he's not disconnected. He's just kind of backed up and still watching, or he's not. You know, he he says he's interested, but he's really not because he's moving somewhere else. Things are not as they seem. And the necromancer being self-destructive behaviors, he or she, most likely he is doing something he shouldn't be doing. It's self-destructive. Um, he's dating two people at once. He's married to multiple people. He's doing something he should not be doing. He's gambling his money away. He's, he's you know, self-destructive behaviors is coming up in there. So with, you know, with Miss Cat's reading of the two of these parting ways, that might not be a bad idea, especially 
until you figure out what's up with him. Because he may drag you into something you don't want to be into. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I I hear that, and um, and in the in the chat room, I just want to uh, put in a, a. We have some professional readers in here who are really good. Papa G said, "I wonder if it's his mama that's the problem." Angela Marie mm-hmm. sees a female, and um, <clears throat> and Conjurman Ali says either mama or older female, because he got the Queen of Pentacles. So, yeah. and what I got, what I got was that, that that there is something. I don't get it as specific as them, but we all are looking at something is wrong with this guy that maybe you can't fix. He hasn't told you everything. Something called you to do a healing candle with him, right? What was that? Um, his secretary had stolen a hundred thousand dollars from his business. Oh, Whoa! Yes. Whoa! All yes. right. So now we have this woman. Uh, uh, his secretary. This is a female secretary. Yes, ma'am. She's in her sixties. Oh my actually. lord! So she's okay. in her what? Her sixties. So she oh, might be the older woman. woman. Yeah, Queen of Pentacles. Yeah. How many dollars? A hundred thousand over two years. They just recently found out. Oh my yeah. gosh! Well, there's your older woman <laughs> who's a problem from yeah. the past. Holy Queen of Pentacles yeah. and money issues. Yeah. And money issues. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I like it when we get it right. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, but that's terrible. Uh, so that is because I kept on thinking there's something on this guy's mind. He's not over yeah. it yet. And that'll um, throw a, a tourist completely off kilter because it's his money and his business. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. All right. Let's turn this over to Contraband Only to do some root work. Yeah, thank oh, you. and by you the way, I just have to say one other thing. I kept on saying Queen Elizabeth Root, Queen Elizabeth Root, and that does yeah. go to the Queen of Pentacles also. Very much so. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, Queen Elizabeth's going to show up in my uh, root work because uh, <laughs> so, uh, let me ask you a real quick question. You've got some really great readings here. I was following along that Queen of Pentacles, uh, you know, older woman with money that's right there. It will mess a Taurus up. How old is uh, is this guy? 31. 31. Okay. So he's coming out of his Saturn return. He's also of the, because usually Tauruses, when they wander or they're, they're kind of uh, tricky and, and kind of in flux, it, they're early on. Usually they're late teens, early 20s. By the mid-20s, early 30s, they're ready to settle. Tauruses are just by nature on, but there could be other factors. So this is why we want to ask what was going on, and now we see that there is this thing that's messing with him. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a root work recommendation. Do this root work, but only do it until the end of the holidays. And you decide what those holidays are. Uh, you could be Christmas, it could be New Year's Eve, whatever you want. But once that passes, you need to move on because Kat did see that maybe there's a connection there, but maybe moving on and same with, with, with Angela uh, as well. So root work, do your work, but also be aware that if time comes, you need to be able to move on because Tauruses are very hard, like Capricorns, to work on. They're very stubborn, um, and it's not easy to root work them. It's not easy to root work them. And so I'm going to give you some root work recommendations with the understanding that if it doesn't work out, you need to move on. Don't hold on for, uh, you know, for years for a relationship that only lasted two months. So the first thing I want you yeah. to do is I want you to start with some type of bathing work. Do some uh, – are you also roughly the same age as he is? Yes. Okay. All right. So do some uh, – get yourself Queen Elizabeth Root, Bohog – and rose petals. You are going to brew this into a tea and bathe yourself in it. 
You're then going to let yourself air dry, sprinkle this uh, bath water uh, on your front door and where he will walk through it if you can get access to him. If he's thousands of miles away, it's a different story. But if, he's, if you can get to him, sprinkle it on his doorstep or near his car where he'll walk through now, I want okay. you to take a photo of you and him. Hopefully, you've taken a photo together. If you have not, mm-hmm. then you're going to take two separate ones, one of you, one of him. You're going to take honey, put a dab of that honey where your lips are, and you're going to match these two lips together so that you are kissing and that honey is joining you together. Place this into a jar. Into the jar, you will put in rose petals, cuba berries, violet leaves, Every Monday, you are going to shake this up and light pink candles on it with reconciliation. When you do this, speak to his spirit soothingly, so-and-so. I know that you have a lot on your mind, but I am your source of comfort. I am your source of peace. Come back to me. You're a Gemini. Tauruses love talking to Geminis. Conversation is your strong suit. Your voice is your strong suit. He wants to hear from you. And make that voice the key component of this work. Speak to his spirit while that candle is going so that he hears your voice spiritually and is drawn to talking to you. As you're doing this on Mondays, on Fridays, you're going to work some sexy angles because Tauruses are very lustful creatures and they want to be drawn in by that. Uh, Sex is healing for a Taurus. So while he's stressed out, having sex is going to be a good thing for him. So every Friday, start off, get a red penis candle. Anoint this with sexual fluids from yourself. Uh, do this while you're, you're thinking about him or pleasuring yourself thinking about him. Anoint your, it with your sexual fluids. Anoint it with come to me and fires of love. Dust it with dill seed, catnip, rose petals, ginger, and a bit of cinnamon. If you, don't, if you can't really dust it, you can also grind this all up into a dust and pour it in a circle clockwise around it. Light this candle. Pray over it. Snuff it out. Then every Monday you work that jar. Every Friday light the candle and have some sexy time in front of that candle by light of that flame. Work this for about a month and you'll start to see changes throughout that month. You'll start, as we get closer to the end of November, you'll get a text message, you'll get a call. And by holidays, he'll probably be back with you. And if he's not, then you've also gotten a sign and that is the sign to move on. That's what I see here. Two kind of ways of working soothe his heart and mind, draw him in back by his loins, um, and and that'll give you your best opportunity to bring this man into your life again. Wow. Okay. That's really That's amazing great. work. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the idea of grinding those um, herbs up to a powder, mixing it with mm-hmm. some fire of love powder. Um, mm-hmm. Or you could use the oil um, to dress the candle and then stick the powders to it, you know, um, Okay. Wow. Good luck. And we'll see you on the forum, little curious thing. All the Um, best now. Yeah, all the best to you. Okay. Now we got um, another client coming up. And that client will be someone unknown to me. Oh, Lone Pine, California, calling back. Take it away, Papa Newt. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. 
and by the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at readersandrootworkers.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client, and our next client is a return client calling in from area code 909 in California. This is Lone Pine. Lone Pine, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to the show. I see you uh, did call us about a month ago, and mm-hmm. you are calling about your situation. Is that correct, or that or we read on then? Yes. All <clears throat> right. Let's take a look at your information here. And she writes, Last time I was on the radio show, Cat and the cards indicated that my family and I were crossed. Lady Muse said that it seems to be a financial type of crossing and that a woman threw it on us. I followed the recommendations Conjurman Ali gave, uh, uh, gave to me to cleanse and uncross the house. I'd like to know if it was successful and if we were all fully uncrossed now. Turn back to you, Ms. Cat. All right. Well, hi, Lone Pine, and thank you so much for making a follow-up call. Um, it is not common enough. We like to know um, how things are going with you. Let me ask you a question before we do a reading on it. Do you okay. feel Do you feel better about what how things are now? Um, a little bit, but not entirely. But that could be my own state of mind. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, I'm feeling a little bit better, but not entirely, but it could be your own state of mind. I'm going to say something before I turn this over uh, to to um, be read on. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes um, a certain state of mind to admit that, what you just did. Some people cling to their misfortune. Um, it was something they got used to. And I'm not going to lay that on you. I'm not saying you did that. We're going to read on this. Sometimes uh, a little home remedy that we give somebody, well, they may not have enough self-confidence. They may not do it, quote, the right way, unquote, although I believe pretty much every way is the right way if you just even do it. Or it may be that the crossing was cyclical and has come back, and it's something that is set to return, 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 return. Mm -hmm. You can take it off for two weeks. It comes back on the third week. We don't know yet, so we're going to look at this. But... um, Ms. Michael just made a very good comment in the chat room. When your luck changes, sometimes it takes some getting used to. Miss mm-hmm. Michael likes these little gnomic statements like that, but that's a true one. So we're mm-hmm. going to take a look at it. I'm going to turn this over to Conjurman Ali and see what he has to say. Thanks, uh, Ms. Cat. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, if you know anything about neurons, neuropath neural networks, you'll know that your brain gets literally hardwired to think a certain way, especially when it comes to our emotions. Um, and if you've had a bad luck, you know, a run of bad luck for a long period of time, you, you're almost uh, inclined to consider or think that you are still under that bad luck. I often mm-hmm. tell clients that it's going to sort of the aftershock of a curse is that you'll wake up one morning, stub your toe and go, oh, the curse is still around. And it's a way in which curses can continue to linger as a shadow, even once they're long gone. So let's take a look and see if spiritually, um, if, if things are, are good or not. The 
first card we have is the Six of Pentacles. The Six of Pentacles shows two poor uh, homeless people reaching out for coins and help and getting some from a merchant who doles out coins um, kind of stingingly, but with a sense of, of himself. You know, the idea of he's not giving everything away. He remains rich and wealthy, but he gives some things away. And there is uh, coins all around them. This is an indication that your your circumstances as they stood were accurately uh, diagnosed as having a financial component, um, and also that it was uh, perhaps to a certain degree uh, cyclical or tied to something in nature, that there was a sort of way that it kept balance uh, or kept uh, record or an accounting involved. So this is a, a sense of uh, a curse in the past and a curse that is very much tied to uh, family and tied to uh, time and one that is tied to money. But the good news is, is that this is the card that is sitting in the past. The next is the sun. The sun shows us the future and it is bright or the present. It is very bright. It's a you have the sun shining down on a young boy who holds a red flag of victory as he rides on a white horse. You have, um, you know, successfully, the work that you have done has successfully and spiritually shifted things. Out of the dark, you come into the light. This is good, and it's also a reminder for you to be grateful. One of the key components of successful magical work is gratefulness. It's, gratitude is not some kind of, you know, pa, you know, passe hipster thing to say. No, it is. It is a really true spiritual state. Successful magic requires gratitude, a state of where you go, I am thankful for what I have, and I will strive for uh, even more in my life. So be happy, be, be thankful, light candles to your ancestors, light candles to spirit, uh, give thanks, pray psalms of thanks if you can, because this is good, this will help to shift. This very much speaks to uh, what Miss Cat said in the beginning, the kind of the way in which you get used to thinking. The sun card is about now shifting your thoughts by putting yourself in a in a state of gratitude, you will be able to kind of move away from those doubts and hesitations because those doubts and hesitations will continue to draw you back. Remember, your luck isn't going to change overnight. It takes time. But part of that momentum will be, in, you know, contingent upon your ability to emotionally let go of the curse once the curse is spiritually gone. So you've got to kind of get into this new state. And the final card that we have is the High Priestess. Uh, which, as Miss Cat has has said in the past, listen to your reader, honey. Um, this is a card that says, as you listen to intuition, listen to the people who are giving you the right advice, but also put in the hard work. Often, the high priestess is seen as kind of a passive figure, as just receiving wisdom. But that's not the case. This is a person who has become wise from years of hard, hard work. There's actually a really fantastic uh, picture, a colored picture of Harriet uh, Tubman, in which she's sitting on a chair. Uh, this is a woman who fought for the Underground Railroad. And I often, when I see this High Priestess card, I think of this particular image uh, of, of Harriet Tubman. I actually put it in the, in the chat room. This is a woman who was wizened in age, but who had fought for the wisdom that she gained. And that's what the High Priestess means. This is not just a passive lesson that you've learned. You've fought hard, and you fought a very hard-won victory. 
and now learn from that victory. Let it become an experience, not just into what to do in terms of root work, but also what to do after the root work is done to ensure that you are in a state of happiness, success, joy, and celebration. So that's my, my reading here. I'm going to turn this over to Angela, uh, who will do your next reading, and then Miss Cat will give you some root work advice, probably to, to work with maybe with sun products or something to help elevate you spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Oh, Angela. Hi. Hello? Uh, Hello? There you are. There we go. Having issues, sorry. Um, Okay, so in mine, I was kind of shuffling while he was working. So the first one I've got down is the merchant, and the merchant means a good investment. So it's something you bought to be paid for, something that was a good investment. So this this would, in this case, be the spell work you were doing. Uh, the second the second card, however, happens to be the philanthropist. And the philanthropist is the poor feeding the poor. Uh, the picture on the card is a poor man handing a coin to a poor woman, and now they both each have a coin. So technically it's the two of coins. Um, but mine, mine don't read as a tarot deck. So mm-hmm. that's what makes it different. It's the poor feeding the poor. It, it's, um, you know... It's hard to get out of your situation if, you know, you have $100 and your friend is starving and you give them 50 bucks. Now you both have 50 bucks, so you've taken a step back. So it's saying that, it, it's saying that you know, kind of like what he said, be grateful for what you have, share when you can, because generosity uh, breeds success. But also don't give away your last dime. The um, Enchanter is my third card. And that one is, it means success. It's a, it's a happy ending to a long story. So, yes, this is over with for you, but now you have, now you have to clean up the mess. You know, the wild party's over. They're done destroying your house. Now you have to clean it back up. Um, the, the, the bad enchantments are gone. Your money's in shambles. Now you have to clean up the mess. So now it's time to do money work. It's time to do gathering work. It's time to do, you've done your cleansing and all that, but now it's time to do the protection work. And so, mm-hmm. yes, it's over with, but now it's time to move on. And it's, once you get in that state of, oh, God, I can't do anything, you're kind of stuck. And you have to make the initiative to get up and get moving. And that's where, you know, that's where that I'm not sure you know, if it's me or if it's better, um, mm-hmm. it's better, and it's you not seeing that it's better. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad thing. It's awareness is the awareness is the first step of cure. Mm-hmm. Very true. Did you hear All that? All right. My, yeah. My yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. I I don't. We're not trying to dogpile you here and saying it's all your fault for not realizing that you have had the curse removed. But it does oh, no. seem. But we but we do see that there is less damage here than you are still living with the remains of. In other words, it is time to focus outward now. Um, what we said before um, that that there was a cross on you and the family. And um, 
you did cleanse and uncross the house. I'm going to ask a couple of questions here. Did you prepare anything for any family member to carry or to have with them as continuing protection? No, because they wouldn't believe in it. Okay. Well, you can always give someone a nice little necklace. They don't. Everybody believes in jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> True. You know what I'm saying? Oh, when mm-hmm. I saw this ring, I just thought of you. And, you know. <laughs> or if it's a child, oh, this teddy bear. Don't you want this teddy bear? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you don't have to. This goes to what we were talking about earlier in our in our panel discussion. One of the ways to talk with children and to teach children and other family members who may not be feeling the way that you do about magic is to just um, couch it in language that makes sense to them, the language of gifts and love and comfort. You know, I made this hot cocoa just for you. Mm -hmm. Covers an awful lot of interesting hot cocoa recipes. Trust me, I've done it. So... They don't have to believe in it. They're just going to drink the hot cocoa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, so, and that can even be small things. Um, I'm, I'm going to recommend to you the book of Women's Work by Aura LaForest, and it contains. It's called Women's Work, which is a very provocative title and was definitely meant to be provocative. It is about the kind of work that you do around the household to keep mm-hmm. um, the family and the home safe and um and magically protected. So women's mm-hmm. work contains a lot of information about um different things that are done around the household to keep a family's home clean. It's a nine dollar book, highly recommend it. All right. Mm-hmm. Um if you already have it, you probably already know some of the things in it. The other one, um Hoodoo Food, it's a book about how to make foods for you know in the home that um, contain that kind of stuff. We did a show, Nagashiva says, um, called Sneaky Tricks, and uh, you can look up that show and listen. It's about how to give um, tricked objects to people in the family, including those that are um, positive. Now, I'm going to tell you what I'd like you to do. Do you still feel that the because we had talked about in this curse that there was a crossing and there was also a feeling of some financial hardship. Do you still feel under financial difficulty? Uh, Very much so, all of us. Okay. So there was a card that Angela had. She uses a different deck than I do, so she comes up with cards I've never heard of. But this card of the poor feeding the poor, the philanthropist, it, it puts me in mind of something I would like to see you do. Sometimes the best contributors to help are those who have known poverty, not those who were raised rich, but those who have known poverty. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to put together a little, oh, you could call it a little New Age gratitude bowl, but I'm just going to call it an old-fashioned offering bowl. And you get a little bowl, and it, I prefer, because I don't like to break my good chinaware, I prefer it to be a metal bowl, because you're going to put metal coins in it, metal to metal, and you don't want to break it. And uh, so a little brass bowl, oh, you can get one of those at the Goodwill. They've got little brass bowls all over. People use them all the time. Get them, get them from a craft store, too. You could use a wooden bowl. That won't break either with coins in it. And I want you to put some coins in it. Every day I want you to take a coin out of your 
money, just a penny, a nickel, a dime, especially if you find some money in the street. Um, you know, it, it's it's even luckier. And I want you to hold that coin in your hand. I want you to pray for the prosperity, the health, and wealth of us all. And don't specify who us all is. This is for the health and wealth of us all. Mm-hmm. And I always put health first because, in my opinion, praying simply for wealth of the family you may overlook something. So I always pray for health first, then wealth. This is for the health and the wealth of us all. And you mean your family, but you also mean all the other people who are in similar circumstances. And I want you to just pray over it. You could you could put a little dab of oil on it, but if you don't have any money for oil, just say your prayer. This is for the health and the wealth of us all. And put it in the bowl and put them, put it aside. Eventually your bowl will be full and overfull and overflowing. Um, quarters, dimes, nickels, it's not the monetary value that's important. Resist the temptation to go, I wonder how many you know, how many dollars would fit in this bowl. That's not what it's about. When you've made it all, when you've put made the bowl so full that you can't add another coin because the coin literally will not stay, it'll fall out. You can keep on trying and get them as big as tall as you want to. But when you get to the point where that bowl will hold no more coins, the one coin that slipped out, that's your lucky coin, the one coin that you can't keep in there. But the rest of those coins, I want you to take and give to those who are poorer than you and say to God, Thank you, God, for my wealth that I may share it with others. Now, I know that just sounds so do-goody. It's just so feel-goody, but it works. It really does. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a way to bring in the health and wealth that you need. Now, you can distribute those coins. Say, give one of them to everybody, a member of your family. Here, lucky coin. I found this lucky coin. They're, nobody, nobody wants magic, but everyone wants luck. Right. Mm-hmm. I found this mm-hmm. little lucky coin. Or you could take the money and buy something that you give to them. Oh, mm-hmm. here's a brownie. Would you like a brownie? <laughs> right? It only mm-hmm. cost me a dollar ten. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever I got out of my coins. Or I bought you a pair of socks. But whatever it is that you buy with that money, if you don't give the money directly, um, give it to the family members as an enchanted token of health and wealth for us all. Okay, very simple. Focus your mind on positive things. Now, are you out of work? Do you need a job? Um, no, I, I do have work. I just don't make much money. <laughs> you just don't make much money. All right. Yeah. Let me ask you a really practical question. You have a mm-hmm. job, but you don't make much money. Do you have the qualifications to apply for a better job? Um, I could. I'm planning on uh, applying for my PhD, so probably next year I'll, I'll move. So I don't mm-hmm. know how practical it is for me to, you know, find another job right now. Hmm. I see. All right. Mm-hmm. And you said you're applying for a PhD. Is that what you said? Yes. And what is the topic or what is your dissertation going to be about? Um. Um, traditional ecological knowledge, religion, and indigenous peoples. Okay. Now, there's some poor people that can need some help. Indigenous people tend to be poor. Mm-hmm. I would say that you might want to um, give some money to the very people that you're going to be studying in that Ph.D. Mm-hmm. Give some money to the indigenous people. Mm-hmm. All right. 
If you help others, you will be helped. Cast your bread upon the waters, and after many days it will return to you. I believe the curse is gone. You need to lift your spirits. Stay in touch with us, okay? All righty. Now we are going to have some fabulous surprise that's going to come to us through the Electronic Transmutation Department of the Official Dating Bureau. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condrum and Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Angela Marie Horner of AngelaMarieHorner.com in Santa Rosa, California. Take it away, Angela. Hi. Okay. Can, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good, good, because I was lost for a second there. Um, all right, so a free spell, and are we doing – so we're doing this spell. Let's do this spell for um, for educating the, the generation to come in hoodoo? Mm-hmm. Yes, that sounds good. Okay, so one of the things that – uh, my eldest daughter brought up to me when she was afraid that someone in our family had cast some, had done some work against the rest of the family to keep us from being able to use magic. Um, the only person I can think of is my grandmother on my father's side because she was vehemently against any of us doing magic at all because her mother did and she was terrible. She was a horrible person. So, I would say that we're going to do an appeasing the ancestors to release our powers. Because even if it's not true, it still empowers us to feel as though we have permission to move forward. And many of our ancestors will give us permission because once they've crossed over, they realize, you know, the truth of things and let us go and things of that nature. So, on the ancestor altar you should put what I call ancestor water. It's a mix of orange cologne, tenango water, and uh, the orange flavoring that you buy from the from the store, the one you can put in cupcakes and you can eat it. It gives mm-hmm. it a, a really, it gives it a really rich kind of orangey kind of flowery smell. And my ancestors seem to really like it. Um, I when I when I refill it, I usually get a sense of my dad when I refill it. Um, and with this one, you're going to, you're going to burn a white candle because white will do what you tell it to. But I also associate white with spirit. And you're going to anoint the white candle with spirit guide or, hmm, spirit guide or blessing, something to that effect. And you're going to name either, you know, 
Grandma so-and-so, I know this, that, and the other. Please accept this candle as an offering. Give her, give him or her their favorite flowers, if you know them, um, or, like, their favorite food or something. My ancestors are not, you know, whoever came over on the slave ship, whoever, um, you know, 300 years ago, whoever. My ancestors are my father, my grandparents, people who've directly come before, people who I've had an and um, a relationship with. And that makes it easier to speak to them and the people that came before them that they know, if they're the culprit, they can be an intermediary for you. And I would, I would use the spirit water also to anoint spirit money. And as the Chinese do, I would take it outside, put it in a burnable dish, and set it on fire and try to appease them on their birthday and their death day. And if they are not willing, you can elevate them to send them off and take them off of your altar. But this will break that. Either way, you'll break that wall that they put up. If they can't work with you, you can send them on, and that breaks that connection to them and breaks down that blockage they've put up. If they accept your appeasement, then they will open it up and even teach you from their side. Wow. That's really amazing. Um, I love it. You know, and and as often as the case, Angela, and I'm going to just uh, compliment you on this, you work with um, elements from various cultures and um, the um, cologne combination that you made, Ancestor Water, you gave me a bottle of that once. It is phenomenal. It's really great. Folks, she makes it. It's really good stuff. Um, the use of Chinese spirit money was like, I little went, oh, guess we're in California, aren't we? Because <laughs> 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 all, all of us in California use that, and it's so funny. It's part of our world now. Um, Kelly Mojo Girl am asked in the chat room, would you add to that ancestor water the cologne that your actual ancestress used or mm, ancestor? Okay. Um, in, my, in, in my case, yes, but um, her favorite scent was jasmine. So I would add a uh, like a jasmine flavoring like you would add to rice because it won't overpower the alcohol you already have in it through the Kananga water. Right. I hear you. And I know uh, people have said, you know, that this and that scent was their uh, ancestors' favorite, that mm-hmm. they, you know, that they know that scent. And that would be, you could then make a, basically temper, you could temper a different bottle of ancestor water. Ancestor water for, you know, Grandfather Bob and Ancestor Water for Grandma, because they would be different Ancestor Waters because of their mm-hmm. favorite scents. Yeah, that's very nice. I'm, I haven't burned, uh, you know, spirit money, but I have burned alcohol for spirits. And let me tell you, like I burned Florida water in a cauldron. Let me tell you, they come through that fire. They come through that fire. You can hear them speak. You can hear their messages very clearly. So fire and ancestors, we often think of water and ancestors, but fire and ancestors do get hand in hand together. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend another thing, too, which is when talking to ancestors who may have cursed a family to not pursue magic for whatever reason, and there are many reasons, I would also introduce to the ancestor altar the name, picture, or actual person of the child who you wish to see accepted and protected and loved by those ancestors. In other words, I might say this, you know, uh, you know, great grandmother Dorothy. This is your um, great grandchild. Uh, you know, Letty, and Letty wishes to learn magic and introduce the child to the ancestors. Mm-hmm. But as you said, the best thing about this is kind of the exit clause. And if you don't, please go away. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's what she can, said. Take their picture off the altar if they will yeah. not help. Yeah. Elevate them send them away. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, well, folks, um, I'm going to turn this over to uh, Papa uh, Newt. Um, Papa G says, oh, don't end yet. Start over. Well, Papa G, <laughs> why don't you come on and be a guest next time and bring a topic? We'll get you on the show as soon as possible. And, um, and I'm going to say... Uh, uh, Cousin Joshua endorses the lighting of the Florida water. Yes, and I'm just mm-hmm. going to tell all the people who've never lit Florida water, start with a small amount first, okay? Yes. Small amount first. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, Papa G says he is on. He's going to be on on the 25th. All right. There we go. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's turn this over to Papa Newt and get um, him get our announcements. Thank you, Ms. Kat and Countryman Ali, and thank you, Angela Marie Horner of AngelaMarieHorner.com in Santa Rosa, California, for being our guest this week. We do invite you to join us next week when we'll have another special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. Stay tuned. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Ms. Kat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Countryman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Bay Hill, California. I'm your announcer, Papa New, joining from PopNew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt. You are so fast. <laughs> Thank you, Angela Marie, for being with us despite some dreadful technical difficulties. Well, thank you for having me. Sorry about that. I'll make some of phones work again next time. <laughs> well, we, 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 you know, life is what it is, and thank you for being with us. And thank you, Conjurman Ali. Always a pleasure. And good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.